Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. It's like Thursday night part two, because we missed two Thursdays, so we're at four, we had to have two intros. But of course, but of course, if you're watching this, uh, the recording of this, there's only going to be one intro, because Charlie accidentally forgot that he controls everything. All kinds of, like, just craziness things going right and wrong simultaneously. But of course, so ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific commoner himself, Zelius. What's up? Actually, Zelius, we haven't seen you in... More than three weeks. Cause Possibly. Because the, the last episode that that was done was me flying solo. Oh, that's right. You were the solo pants. Yes, yes, it was. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. It's a weekly live show, as long as Charlie can stay well, apparently, uh, where we take your comments, topics, and questions and try our best to cover them within our show. Uh, if we do not get a chance to... St- if you did not get a chance to submit your topic, question, etc., have no fear. You can just drop it in the chat. And if we unfortunately run out of time for that uh, topic or question, we will uh, add it to the list for the next show. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, since we've been gone for almost half a month, this should be uh, jam-packed with uh, some stuff to talk about. All right, so let's let's start with the sad stuff. I know this is kind of old news at this point, but at the same time, uh, still hurts. And that is, of course, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away at the age of 43 uh, after battling colon cancer for four years. It's been that long since we've been on the show? Damn. Yeah. yeah, he was a great actor, and he brought a lot of character to it, and just... A good stand-up guy, and just nobody knew. And all of a sudden, it's like, what? Um, he's definitely gonna be missed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's a quote from him that I just wanted to throw up there. Uh, we know what it's like to be told there isn't a screen for you to be featured on, a stage for you to be featured on. We know what's like to be beneath and not above, and that is what we went to work with every day. We knew that we could create a world that exemplified a world we wanted to see. We knew that we had something to give. So I am, you know, I am super duper sad. Um, and, you know, the the amount of like global outpouring uh, for this, um, you know, for his passing. And then, of course, all the Wakanda Forever salutes that occurred across, you know, uh, could be in video games and sports and, you know, all that stuff. It was awesome. I mean, everybody liked him. Yeah. He's just kind of one of those guys. Now let's talk about one of Charlie's favorite topics, ladies and gentlemen. And that, of course, is Madden 21. Yay! Charlie has a new game to buy. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, of course, Madden 21 is the latest edition of the Madden football franchise, the one where they don't have to do shit and they can just release it with an updated roster and charge you 60 bucks. But let's go a little deeper, shall we? Uh, This one, Madden 21, uh, is one of the worst on record. Actually, it probably is the worst uh, if you were to take, like, aggregate scores. This game, of course, is available on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Google Stadia, and PC. Some of the fun, 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 fun glitches that you could, you can experience if you were playing, playing uh, Madden 21 is some balls get stuck on the defender's helmets. So they're basically just constantly bouncing off their helmets. Uh, Wait, that's fake? That doesn't happen in and, real games? And uh, 
what will end up happening is um, it will be an incomplete pass when the ball finally stops bouncing between the helmets. That doesn't sound reasonable. It's a new um, version of football, sir. Another fun little twist to the, the game is there are apparently times where all the field lines disappear. <laughs> like, there's no 50-20 sidelines. There's just green grass. You guys are very demanding in your video games. Ah, well. Or how about this one? Um, the game never truly ends. The clock hits zero, and you just get panoramic views of a football sitting out in the middle of the field. And that's it. So which version have you purchased? I will not purchase any version. Ever. What? Uh, how about this one? Um there are certain offensive plays where the wide receiver will take off towards the wrong end zone. <laughs> or, it's amazing how a game has that much money behind it, and you'd think maybe like one or two developers, and it has that many bugs. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but but here's and this one is my favorite, and this one's actually become quite a uh, a YouTube, uh, TikTok, uh, whatever, your social media platform. This has been a, a darling for everyone. That is, uh, if a, there's a very good chance that when a when an offensive player st stumbles, that player will continue to stumble, dragging more towards the, the leg that it's stumbling on, and you literally will do a stumble circle until someone actually knocks you down. You know what solve a lot of these problems? What's that? Competition. How about testing? Well, say like, but the root of it, I think, is there's no competition in the, <coughs> excuse me, in the video game football franchises. But because there's no competition, they have zero incentive, as we're seeing, to test it, produce better content, to basically do anything to benefit the gamers. Right. I mean, okay. So uh, Sam said, odd. EA can't make a complete Madden game. It's only been around forever. New engine or something? No, 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 no. It's been around forever. And once 2K Sports was knocked out and EA got that exclusive license, um, they didn't have to try. And so literally what they've been doing is they've, they've done um, with, this is one of the very few exceptions that duct tape is not the answer. But they've been duct taping shit together since uh, they had their monopoly, and it's really, really starting to show. Um, uh, it is the worst. Um, it is the worst. It's the lowest rated game in uh, the franchise history. But also, it's got record setting figures uh, for um, sales. So the problem is because there's a monopoly. Uh, if you want to play with the latest and greatest, you know, version of the game, you're, you know, even if it's broke as shit, you're still going to, you're going to have to pay 60 bucks. Um, and so if people are continuing to purchase in the game at full price, what incentive does EA have exactly. to spend the resources to fix the game if it, people are going to buy terrible products anyways? Exactly. And, and you know, the, we're, we're in, you know, this wonderfully crazy screwed up pandemic where, uh, we need that outlet. And so EA uh, EA literally could have probably taken a shit in a box and labeled it Madden and people would have bought it like crazy. What's up, Fan HD? Um, but I mean, that's 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 the reality. Unfortunately, uh, I know that uh, once 
once the game started getting out there and everyone was seeing all the craziness, there was, of course, an uproar from the Reddit people and social media justice warriors and uh, saying, we, you've got NFL, you need to stop with EA. Well, what does Reddit not complain about, to be fair? I don't have enough time to try to figure they that enjoy out. Their, they enjoy their pitchforks. It's okay, like yes. no, the, just, pitchfork the thing is, brigade. this, of course, is just yet another example of the only way that this is going to change is if everyone stops buying it. But because of the EA, wonderful EA sport, uh, Sporting Online model of uh, after two years, they turn off uh, online capabilities, people are still going to buy the freaky game because they need the or, football. Somehow, magically, NFL decides to open up licensing to more than just EA, but it's such a lucrative contract for both of them that that's probably not happening anytime soon. Either, well, you got you got a couple things going against you. Uh, if they were to reopen up the license, the problem is that EA is still going to give you a, a, a superior product because you have no one, anyone who who jumps in is going to have to build from the ground up. Uh, just make like Blitz 2021, man. That, that well, that I mean, was you could. I mean, you that could. was a great game. But uh, yeah, no. Look, I, I, it's just funny that my uh, over-exaggerated way of explaining how uh, EA does business when it comes to Madden is literally it's coming true. And that, of course, is for those out there who don't know, uh, ladies and gentlemen. My interpretation of EA upgrading their game every single year—they have a huge corkboard that has all the features of the game sitting in their office and they have two darts and they're labeled feature and broken. And what they do is they throw one dart at the board and where that dart hits, that's going to be the featured element of the game that they're going to pump up. And then the broken dart is going to show that one element that accidentally gets a wrong tweak and will cause people to want to buy the game next year when they fix it. So what you're saying is the terrible product that's coming out is really your fault. They're following the Alt Confusion motto of how to come out the new version. They've been listening to us. No, they were doing and, it before I was saying it. Uh, they, for some reason, I don't know why, but uh, I, I jokingly said that. I don't remember where the hell I was, but I jokingly said that, and all of a sudden I got a base. I was n not. Uh, I was not on. I was on a list for EA not to contact. Wait a like, oh, I don't know how I did that, but okay. But anyways, uh, speaking of uh, ripoff games, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there was a game that came out on September second. I know we're in the seventeenth now, but remember we have had two weeks off. There was a game that came out September second, um, called Biohazard Village, and this was released on a Steam and only lasted about a day but um the creators literally just jumped in and threw up a, a a zombie killing game um that was biohazard village and where the the i the l and the l no wait sorry v i l l were painted red so it looked like biohazard 8 which for those out mm. there who don't know uh resident evil fans uh in Japan, it's called Biohazard. So they saw Biohazard, and then they saw V-I-L-L, -L, all red. They're going, oh, Biohazard 8. And, of course, they sold it for $1.19. Um, so, but they That's got... That's sneaky. Yeah. 
But okay, thankfully, you know, thankfully it's not as bad as as some games out there. There was a what's it, uh, Limbo of the Lost that literally just ripped off every single Oblivion, uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion asset they could. It's just literally Oblivion, but it wasn't Oblivion, and but you had to pay like sixty bucks for. Mm. Lots of sneakiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, for some more sneakiness, uh, for those out there who are huge fans of the Pokemon Go franchise, uh, I have some potentially bad news for you, ladies and gentlemen. As uh, in the upcoming month of October, about mid-October. Anyone who is utilizing a phone that is an Android 5, iOS 10, or iOS 11, as well as iPhone 5S and iPhone 6 devices, will no longer be able to play Pokemon Go. That support will be removed. Um, You won't be able to access the game, your items, or your Pokecoins when the update rolls out in mid-October. If you're using one of the aforementioned platforms or phones... The, and of uh, you know, just to make uh, things even better, uh, Niantic, the the company, uh, has not provided any um, any help on what the hell is going to happen. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who are going to try and see if they if they you know um, if they get continue to play without doing the the latest um, update. It's probably just a matter of they need to do updates and put in new magical software goodies and the older devices are slowing up the roll. Probably. Probably. Yeah, I mean, it happens for games and products across the board. I mean, the iPhone 6 is six, seven years old, I think, if I remember right off the top of my head. I have no idea. Um, I mean, I it's been out for a number of years, so it's not like they're cutting off like the newest iPhone or anything. It's older technology, so... I mean, they have a product that they're trying to come out with a better user experience. And I'm guessing they're also probably looking at what is the percentage of users who have these older devices. Who are running into all these problems because they're trying to they're trying to run the more updated, more sophisticated game. Yep. And it's just pure numbers game. You start looking at numbers and for them, it probably just made sense to be like, yep, we're cutting you guys off. Because it allows them probably to do further updates that they couldn't do otherwise. Agree. So, I mean, it happens. It's what happens with games all the time in products. So yeah, eh. I haven't played Pokemon. Do you still play Pokemon go? I haven't played in ages. No, I think the only one who probably still plays is Jesse. Oh, my brother still plays. I switched off of Pokemon go to go over to Harry Potter and they got really pissed at Harry Potter. And I was like, F this, I'm never coming back. I tried Harry Potter for a couple days and just did not enjoy it. It was, it's just whatever. Anyways. Um, and they're all Niantic by the way. That's the same company. It's all the immersive reality. I know. AR. Um, speak, uh, let's let's continue on this sad um, gaming. Man, you're going to make me depressed. Jeez. All right, so Zealys made me aware of this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that, of course, is a, it's a collectible card game called Fiera. Or Fieria? Fiera, yeah. Um, and basically, it turns out that if you have, if you play it on the Switch... Um, there of course is, you know, with any collectible card game, that's not a digital platform. You have your, um, you have your, uh, PVP, you know, your, your player versus player, you've got your fun little side ways, and then you've got your 
like versus the AI. And the unfortunate thing is um, uh, this wonderful concept of uh, always online is basically so prevalent in all the games this, these days that you know, you've, you've got to have your online connection. But to make matters worse, for this game, apparently not only do you have to have a, a live internet connection, but you also have to have the Nintendo uh, online account to be for able to play, hold on, yep. to play Sorry. against the AI. Yes. Which, okay, I totally understand. First of all, here's my thoughts. If, you're, if someone is playing, a single player game where and that game has no influence over the multiplayer piece at all you can play it offline if it if if your accomplishments that are if if you can accomplish stuff that you could online uh, against players against the ai i understand that one but if you are going to uh handicap me with having to have an internet connection to have an experience that I'm not sharing with anybody else except for myself. And there's no reason why I couldn't be offline. Then I really want to punch you in the face. Um, but uh, now, of course, you know, the developers have come out and said, well, you know, uh, every action performed by the AI is calculated on our servers, then sent back to you. The mm. AI is fairly complicated. And it takes a lot of system resources to compute. We take that system load on our servers and spare the client. All mm. you have to do is tell us, I move here. We calculate and send a message back. We move here. It's very complicated calculation, sir. For those out there who are interested to know how much uh, you got to buy the game, which I think is what, like twenty bucks? I think I think it was twenty bucks. But then also to have a um, a Nintendo online account, it's uh, depends on your frequency. You want to do it by the month, three months, or uh, twelve months. If you do it by the month, it's four bucks a month. If you do it for three, um, it's. Uh, Eight dollars. That's a savings of three dollars and ninety-eight cents. Or if you do the twelve Ooh. months, it's nineteen ninety-nine, which is a saving of twenty-seven dollars and eighty-nine cents. Uh, of course, you could go with the family plan, so you and your friends can, you and all your family members could play, and that's a thirty-four ninety-nine a year uh, thing, which is amazing for the whole family. Is that what you have? Hell no. Oh, I don't. I, I don't pay for. I don't pay for uh, Xbox Gold. I don't have PlayStation Network. I don't have. I have the I've got the capacity to play online games on my Switch without having to go through the Nintendo online portion. You just don't like people. No. I like no. them fine. From afar. Afar? Yep. What about close gaming and hot seat gaming? That's not afar, but you love hot seat gaming. I love hot seat game because I can I can, you know, chew your ass out i can you know mock you you're right there i could see you just melt into a puddle of your own tears you can't curse people out over video chat and call them naughty names well the problem is that there's so many unique individuals who think that because they're they're hiding behind a screen that they can do whatever the hell they want to and that's just not fun for me isn't that the beauty of the screen pure anonymity so i can do whatever i want let's do real id baby Oh gosh, I'll throw my beer at you. Crusader three Crusader Kings three ads peaking. Y'all interested yet? Uh I actually um 
I was actually streaming the other night and uh, one of the viewers goes, hey, you've always wanted to play Crusader Kings 3, haven't you? I said, have I? And I got a key. So I played it and dear Jesus Christ, it is so complicated. It's like, the, the tutorial is like, okay, now open this one. Oh, open this, uh, um, this menu. All right, look at this, look at that. Look at this. Look at that. You're going to have to remember all this. Okay, now close that one. Now move to the the next one. There's like 12 of them on the, the right-hand side. And there's like four on the bottom. And then you have to, you've got to protect your lineage. You've got to um, create a, um, uh, you've got to keep all of your lords uh, happy. Uh, you got to find the right bride. You've got to get your brother married. You've got to get your kid married. Um You've got to um, you've got to get blackmail information on the the pat the priest. Um, you've got to do like I, was, I was I got exhausted just getting through the tutorial. That when I actually got into the game, I'm like, you know, I'm good. I don't. Nah. Welcome to the world of Paradox Entertainment. Yeah, oh dear God, yes, yes. But, I mean, that's you got you you got yourself Paradox, and that's why I've never played like a Crusader Kings or any other games, because I know how much of a time sink it is. Well, there's some uh, there's some Paradox really, games out there that are really good, but th th this level of commitment, I mean, you, you want to talk about a game that's a job, that's not a real-world job, but you're going to spend, you're going to feel like you've been, you know, through like a 16-hour shift. That's the game for you. Well, apparently people who love these kind of like strategy games say it's like, the best thing on the face of the planet. Yeah. And you love these strategy games by God, go play Crusader Kings three right now. No, absolutely. Right. There's, there's a huge, uh, chunk of people out there who, um, they eat that shit up because the, the thing is with, with the level of complexity that this game has, uh, you could truly craft it. If you're willing to learn all the ins and outs, you could truly craft it into a unique experience. But the problem is I do not have enough time nor patience to try to, you know, uh, optimize every single little piece so that I can have this mind-blowing adventure. I'd rather play an adventure game that is totally immersive that, yeah, I'm still going from point A to point B, but I get, um, you know, but I'm getting my money's worth. That's why I still, personally, I play like the Civilization series yeah. because you get that strategy fix without feeling like my entire life has been taken over by the world. Now, though, if you want to talk DLCs, look at Paradox's games. Like, you look at their older, like, Crusader Kings and the Europa games. Oh, yeah. And they're... those have, like, hundreds of dollars worth of DLCs. Now, Zelius, I, I do want to take, I just want to take a step back here when you said that, you know, you, the level of commitment for your Civ games is not the same. My friend, I have I have seen what Civ does to you. And <laughs> That's fair. It's, 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 it's close to intervention every single now, time. Now, what I did do, I actually did get Civ 6 on oh, the um, Switch. A uh, while back. That's got to be but painful, the, though. Well, so the problem was, is for the first probably about sixteen to seventeen hundred years, it actually wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. um, I also intentionally played on the smallest map with only four civilizations. Right. Because I read some of the horror stories. But once you start to get to like artillery and flight, mm -hmm. the game pretty much ground to a halt at that point. 
Um, I actually couldn't finish the game because I just the turns were taking so god awful long. Yep. Where it's like, wow, and that's with like, and I intentionally chose basically the least resource intensive game. Mm-hmm. I could not imagine trying to play Civilization on the Switch with like the large map with like twelve empires. Like it would just be terrible. Yes, yes, it would. Um, so as many of you know out there. There's this wonderful lawsuit that uh, is happening between uh, two companies that you may have heard of. Uh, one is uh, a company, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Apple? 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 Something like that? APP? A-P-P-L-E. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, and this other game company called EP. Uh, well, I don't know. Anyways, so these two guys, are, uh, these two uh, multi-billionaire companies are trying to punch each other in the nuts as hard as they can uh, for some uh, back uh, background context. Uh, Epic decided that they didn't want to utilize uh, Apple's way of payment, and they put a little fun twist into the uh, their Fortnite uh, app and added a direct payment uh, option, so it circumnavigated the, the Apple gate. Um, and of course, uh, Apple said, well, you sons of bitches, that ain't the way that we roll. And they kicked him off. Um, and of course this caused a lawsuit from Epic, uh, and Epic said, you know, you've got a monopoly. We're taking you to court. And then Apple then came out and said, well, while we're at it, we're going to knock, uh, Unreal Engine off of, um, the, uh, from the app store, which of course caused a shit ton of panic from a lot of people. And it ended up having, um, a, a judge in California had to do like an injunction to keep that shit from happening. Um, but (laughs) there's more news about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I am unhappy about this, but I'm going to uh, tell you about it anyways. Uh, that is of course, Apple uh, has once again asked to reinstate the block uh, on the um, on the Unreal Engine. Uh, basically, and this is a quote from Apple: "Epic started a fire and poured gasoline on it, and now <laughs> asked this court for emergency assistance in putting it out, even though Epic can do so itself in an instant." by simply adhering to the contractual terms that have profitably governed its relationship with Apple for years. Epic is a saboteur, not a martyr. And so, um, to go a step further, uh, what's happened is, um, you know, with Apple going, okay, yeah, I understand, Apple and Fortnite, whatever, but Apple wants to retain the right to close all Epic iOS developer accounts. Um, there, and the reason behind that is they say they want to close these accounts to prevent what they're calling a shell game of apps being transferred from one developer account to another. So that, um, because this uh, allows for a potential threat and poses as a secondary potential Trojan horse that would enable Epic to carry through on its threats to undermine the app store and insert further unauthorized features. Um, through the Unreal Engine, Apple argues Epic could insert malware or other unauthorized features such as alternative direct payment mechanisms, 
uh, the non-Epic apps that are available on the App Store and rely on the Unreal Engine. Hold on a second here. Um, it is easy to see that a rogue application affecting the operation of a significant fraction of the world's iPhones could substantially disrupt local or even worldwide telephony systems as well as broad segments of the internet itself. Apple's really laying it on thick there. So they the are they're gonna they are literally going to kick everyone who's utilized the Unreal Engine in the balls. Um, because Epic could cause a Trojan horse to blow up Apple, which I mean, look, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't know. They may do it, I, you know, but this is, we, we talked about this before. Um, Epic came out, I think it was like mm, half a year ago. And they stated that, uh, all games that utilize the unreal engine, uh, is they are royalty free until that game has made its first million dollars. Um, uh, Ando says, um, an alternate direct payment method is considered, uh, malware. Yes, it is considered because, um, part of the, uh, the developer license that you have to sign for, uh, putting a game into the Apple, uh, iStore or yeah, app store or, uh, Google's play store is that you have to utilize their payment, uh, gates. Uh, and the, the, the thing is, that those transactions, be it them on the Google or the the Apple uh, platform, thirty percent of those transactions go back to Apple or Google, and you get seventy percent of it. Now, for a, a big company like um, Epic, it probably you know, there first of all, Apple and Google are making a shit ton of money off of that. Uh, but two, it's not really going to hurt hurt like Epic all that bad. The problem is, and this is one of the reasons why I think the, the indie developers are getting really pissed off is that when you have, when you're trying to make ends meet, you've got your first amazing game that you've, you know, you've poured everything into and you, and you've got to start small, right? So you're you're probably going to go either 99 cents or you're going to go free to play. And then you're going to have in-app transactions, of course, to have to go through Apple or or Google. Um, And it's 30% off the top. Well, let's say that you, you know, you you want to put like something for two bucks on there. So thirty percent of two bucks is what roughly sixty cents, right? Yeah, a buck, and so you're getting a buck forty off a two dollar um, two dollar purchase. So for the indies, I wish that there was like a sliding uh, kind of like percentage taken. The smaller guys should not have to pay, have, should not have that uh, as much money taken away from them. You know, I would, I would, it would be amazing if Google or, or Apple would kind of like implement that, um, the the unreal thing of, uh, I'm not saying you know allow free transactions, but you know once you've hit a certain uh, monetary milestone, then kick it up to the thirty percent, which they have absolutely zero incentive to do. Of course, I mean, if I'm Apple, why would I do that? They have a monopoly. I mean, they don't, but they do, but they don't, but they do. I mean, it's, but by the same token, the, these indie developers would have never had this opportunity to reach such a wide audience in the first place if Apple and Google not developed these stores in the first place. I mean, think about it. Years ago, there wasn't all these avenues right. for these developers to produce their content for everyone to see, uh, which is evident by how much crap there is out there because everybody's trying to make a quick buck. 
So, I mean, it's the policy. It's 3%. I, to me, Apple, Epic's a dipshit. I mean, they clearly poured the gasoline in the fire. I do think trying to do the pull the whole um, Unreal Engine, that's a step far. Obviously, Apple's trying to pull, like, the nuclear card, hoping yeah. to basically get Ap- Epic to back down. Um, but Does that affect more than, Ap- than Epic? Yeah, but Epic did this to themselves. Epic has absolutely nobody to blame but themselves for, and I would include the Epic Store being pulled on that. I don't think it should happen, but it, if it does, Epic is the only entity to blame because I think Apple had no choice but to go this route. Like, because they had to protect their property, they had to protect their App Store to the fullest extent that they can. So, from Apple's perspective, it makes full sense to go to basically an all out war on Epic. So, Epic is really, to me, the only bad player in this entire situation. Because they willfully did this and they knew exactly what they were doing. I think they I mean, willfully did it and knew exactly what they were doing, maybe to try to start something. I, I, um, now that being said, uh, the Mayo who, what's up, uh, just uh, jumped into the conversation. Uh, Apple charges the same thirty percent as Steam, Google, Microsoft, and Sony. Uh, which right, that's that's the standard thirty uh, percent. Now, yeah. as, as Zelia stated, this is kind of like the new. Um, this is. I, I like to call it a convenience tax um, in, in a way. Uh, so back in the old days where you had to actually go out to a store. like Why would you go out to a store? And buy a game. Okay? No. I don't like people. So uh, let's say that you bought it at some place called Best Buy. Uh, Best Buy, you get a game for, I, I'm not going to be able to do the math. So ladies and gentlemen, you'll, you'll just have to, you know, you'll have to do it for me. But let's say it's a $60 game at Best Buy. Best Buy takes 20% of that. So 20% off of that 60, wherever the hell that is, uh, that then 80% goes to the publisher. The publisher then takes, depending on the contract that they have with the developer, either a 70 or 80% chunk of that 80%. And then that 80 bay little piece goes to the developer. Now, the, the, the reason why developers have been um, trying, you know, jumping up in the air and uh, with Hooray uh, for a digital platform is the used game marketplace uh, goes. And the reason for that is, ladies and gentlemen, the money um, that is uh, spent on a used game uh, goes exclusively to that brick and mortar store like Best Buy or GameStop or EB Games or Babbage's, if you want to go that far back. Oof. Empire uh, Records. Empire Records, baby. Um, so to stop that, so basically because there's no such thing as uh, the, basically the the provider, the, the store uh, can't get, you know, an extra cut of the money, they're going to charge you that, that standard 30%, which is, you know, about the same as the brick and mortar store. The only difference is that, um, when you are, when you put a physical copy into a game, you have to understand something that maybe not a lot of people understand, uh, is that the companies who have their games there are renting shelf space. And the closer the shelf is to the ground, the more expensive it is. And every single spot where that game is shown is an additional spot. So you could be spending a shit ton of money for a game just to sit on a shelf. Plus, you know, the the twenty percent off of the the per you know the sale, and of course all the marketing, all that crap. So yes. Uh did Epic know what the hell they were doing? Hell yes. Um uh, do do I wish that there and I've already stated I, I wish that there was maybe a better way to handle the um, the transactions when it comes to 
the size of the um, the company or the game. I mean, it's kind of like um, shit. I had I had God dang it. it it's I totally blanked out on what the hell I was going to say. Something about basically the the back catalog of if if there's someone who's putting an app or a game on the store and they've had several different you know successes in the in the past, I'd be more willing to charge them the the thirty percent or whatever to like you know um, Alter Confusion Games exclusive producing their first game ever and you know. Uh, the Mayo, uh, Steam changes the rates by this, the game success. And I think that that's what should be done. I think that just like, um, right. Per money made, uh, just like, like I said, so many times, uh, unreal engine, it's, it's, uh, it's royalty free until you hit the first million. I'm totally for that. You know, I, I, I'm not trying to allow like free hosting or, uh, like a free platform to, have your games on there. The other thing is that you have to understand is that uh, games that you put a price on, those platforms are still taking a chunk off of it. Okay, it's not like, well, I'll get the full price the first thing, and then the DLC is going through that payment gateway. It, they all go through the payment gateway. So, yeah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is uh, it's about this time that we want to uh, stop for a second and give some shout-outs to some amazing uh, people and organizations that are in the Atlanta area or around nearby. Uh, and that, of course, is our friends of the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the first one uh, that we would love to bring up is the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular con conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. Uh, Ron Jones is the 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 man behind this. Uh, it's an amazing thing. I I love um, what he's done with the indie cluster and and it definitely has helped out a lot of developers out there. Uh, now, of course, the next shout out has to be for Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. Ryan has been my chiropractor, chiro chiropractor for over three years, and uh, starting just starting this uh, past Monday, he is now my uh, eldest son's chiropractor as well. Ooh. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we would be totally... Um, Terrible if we did not do a shout out for this next one. That, of course, is Nerdburger Games. Nerdburger Games is the game design imprint of award winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. 
Greg has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nurburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nurburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forgo dense gaming mechanics in favor of lighter rule sets that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. And as uh, has been pointed out in the chat, uh, the new, uh, the latest Nerdburger uh, Kickstarter uh, is going to be happening in September 22nd. That, of course, is Good Strong Hands. Uh, if you ever, ever wanted to have a successful Kickstarter um, or you want to see what a, a successful Kickstarter blueprint is, you need to find Craig Campbell and sit him down and, and plead with him to tell you all his secrets because he's had... Uh, die laughing, Mers and acquisitions, capers, all of the 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 additions to capers, and then of course now you have the good strong hands. This man knows what he's doing. So, yeah. All right, and so, he also helped Ando launch Andocon 2018. But of course, which was amazing. And I have the where did I just put it? Hold on a sec. Wait, Ando the dice bag. To prove it, and I oh, have, and the oh yeah, I got the endo, I got the endocon uh, uh, pen upstairs too. Uh, okay, so uh, the last one that we have to do a shout out for, and this is of course our local watering hole, and that is uh, Battle and Brew. Uh, Battle and Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle and Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. Now they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneer geek trivia in Atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites and some soon-to-be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. Which... I love Battle and Brew, and once this whole damn epi- uh, pandemic... Oh, God. Uh, Zelius has died. It's now the Rose Show. Uh, but anyways, once once this pandemic is done, uh, I'm going to Battle and Brew, and I'm just going to camp uh, out on a bar stool like all day. You can already camp outside at Battle and Brew. Not, nah, but I, I need I need my bars my my bar stool, and I'm gonna need some mana potions. You gotta pray and chat a little, man. Right, like go like fifty feet outside, and boom, you're good. All right, fine. I'm I'm gonna need my mana potions, and then I'm gonna need to ride home. Ah, there you go. Because Uber. those will mess you up. Now, ladies and gentlemen, of course, those are friends of the show, but we also do want to do a quick uh, shout out or give you a little bit of information about a couple things that Alter Confusion is doing. Uh, the first is Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Uh, Patreon Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, supporters, become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work, the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Uh, so they start off at $1. Uh, there's only two tiers right now. It's a $1 and a $5. Um, 
if you do the $5 tier, you, of course, will be added to the Friends of the uh, uh, Show section. Um, so if you'd like to do that or just, you know, adult, any any you know, any amount would be amazing. It helps cover the, the cost of upkeep, um, pays the bills for hosting, uh, conventions, which I know, I know I've stressed this so many times, but ladies and gentlemen, even if Ultra Confusion gets invited to a convention, there are a ton of hidden fees that you wouldn't even think about. Uh, the most, uh, readily, uh, I guess the one that hits us the most is electrical. Um, some of these conventions that we do get, you know, a free table at, we have to pay for electricity. And of course, um, they're going to charge you a shit ton of money for the electricity that you're never going, you're never going to use that much electric electricity in the four days that you're there. But anyways, uh, so if you could donate, if, if you want to do a monthly donation or monthly subscription to the Alter Confusions Patreon page, uh, just follow the link that Zelius has posted in there. It's www.patreon.com slash Alter Confusion. If you decide that you would like to make a, a financial uh, donation to Alter Confusion, but you do not want to do a, a monthly one, you, of course, can go through our PayPal. Uh, if you're watching this on Twitch, it's in the panel below the show. Uh, it's, it's a donate now button, or you could go to www.alteredconfusion.com, and there's a donate now button on the left-hand side. Um, if you have decided that you want to not do the financial route, but you may want to perhaps send us something um, within reason. I have to put that. Uh, Why do you have there. to have reason? That's no fun. I. If it's going to be some weird, really weird stuff that I cannot show, then I, I I would frown upon you sending it. Okay, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to send anything physical to Ultra Confusion, like a a Funko Pop, which seems to be very popular, once again, thank you, Mitchell, whomever you are. Um, if you want to do a Funko Pop, or you want to do, if you got a game or some kind of company that you want to maybe have a show off during one of the shows. If you send us some, you know, t-shirts or something, we'll, we'll show them off at the show. Uh, and all you got to do is send them to Alter Confusion at 1551 Dunwoody. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y Village Parkway. And this is super duper 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 important part number 88276. If you do not put the 88276 in there, it will go to the post office proper and it will be returned to you unless you get really freaking lucky. And I'll tell you that story in just a second. Uh, the city is Dunwoody, once again, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, 30338. Now, um, the reason why I say, unless you get extremely lucky, uh, ironically, uh, my badge to the Andocon, the last Andocon, uh, was sent to the uh, post office without the, the P.O. box number. And the individual who usually sorts through the mail was sick the day before I went to the post mm. office. So... I was still able to get my badge uh, for Andocon. There you go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, now that we've kind of done the uh, for Alter Confusion, I do want to do one more thing, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, we participate in Extra Life. We do this every single year. It's going to be our ninth year. Um, we are proud to say that we are fundraising for Extra Life for the ninth straight year. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best to help sick, injured kids at their chosen children's miracle 
Network Hospital. The money that we raise through through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen hospital as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion. Or you could just click on the link that Zelius has provided in the chat window if you're on Twitch. Um, we, um, I, I can't tell you how much uh, raising money for Extra Life every single year means to me. Uh, our First of all, our Children's Miracle Network Hospital is the Children's Healthcare Atlanta. Uh, it, I have benefited from the Children's Healthcare Atlanta while I was growing up. Um, I've had friends, family, uh, and my eldest son has also benefited from the existence of Children's, uh, uh, Children's Hospital. Oh my gosh. Chills Hospital Atlanta, um, uh, when he had his really bad asthma attack. So if you have the capacity, please donate to, to Extra Life. Uh, we would love for you to donate to Alter Confusion. I mean, donate to Extra Life through Alter Confusion, but if you have a friend, family who's also doing Extra Life, please donate to them. If you want to join in, it's never too late to join in. Just go to extra-life.org and you can fill out the stuff, uh, the, the information. You could set yourself a goal and then, um, raise the money. Now, of course, the big thing about extra life is there, uh, there is one day out of the year, uh, and you don't have to do it on this day, but that one day where it's supposed to be 24 hours of gaming. And I have successfully done eight years in a row of 24 hours of gaming. Um, I'm, uh, not solo. I mean, Zelius comes and visits me, but I, I, I'm on the whole time. Um, I make yeah. an appearance. Yeah, exactly. Zelius appears for a couple hours. Uh, but anyways, um, I think it's November 2nd or 3rd. It's had it open. Way to go, Zelius. Drop the ball. I didn't know you were going to quiz me, man. November 7th. November 7th. Okay, so November 7th, Altica Fusion will play, be playing for 24 hours. I do, At this point, I have no idea what games I'm going to be playing. Um, play them all. It's just Legend of Terror the whole time. No, I couldn't do that. I would go insane. Uh, I know there's one game you should play. Am I Crusader supposed... Kings. Huh? No, good God, no. Actually, that could take up the whole 24 hours perfectly, man. Just just to figure out how to, to do one turn could take the whole 24 hours. What about Hades? Have I played Among Us yet? No, I have not played Among Us. And since Zelius uh, just talked about it, ladies and gentlemen, a game that, um, the latest game from a company that I just can't get enough of, and that's um, <clears throat> Super Giant Super Games. Super Giant Games. Uh, their latest game, Hades, is now officially out. Hades version 1.0 is now available on the Nintendo Switch, Steam, or the Epic Game Store. And if you purchase this game before September 24th, you get 20% off the title. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I will be fully transparent with you. I have, I was part of the 700,000 players who joined in the early access for this game. Uh, so I've got it for the PC. And I'll tell you this right now, as soon as this show is over, I'm going to purchase it for the Switch. Because I have, I have said it every single time, this is a game that I think would do amazing on the Switch. And so I will do it. Um, what do you think of it on the PC, though? Oh, I love it. Dude, I played a shit ton of it. Uh, if I if I were to look at my... Hold on, let me see if I can pull up my Steam stats. It's, it's still technically early access. Right. 
Uh, but if I were to, let's see here, let's look at Hades. Um, uh, let's see here. I've only put uh, 44 hours into it. <laughs> That's disappointing. I know, just four. 44, I mean, dropping the bucket. I think you need to have more. 44 hours, man. That's like the, the tutorial of Final Fantasy 13. What have you been doing with your no, time, 12. man? Is it 13 or 12? No, 12 is... Oh, shit. I think it's 13. Well, anyways. Um, I don't know what I've been doing with my life. Uh, of course, now, ladies and gentlemen, something that also uh, that Zelius and I have always been a huge fan of is not only the Supergiant games, but the amazing soundtracks that come with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, the soundtrack, which features two and a half hours of stunning music by Darren Korb, the the composer behind all of the Supergiant Games stuff. Um, uh, they are going to be available digitally, and there's, there's, also, there's of course, going to be a physical version of the CD, or, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get me a present, if you want to put down some serious cash and give me the limited edition vinyl, I will oh, be Lord. your friend. It's 74 bucks. But hell yes. I still have your birthday present in my condo, by the way. Well, I've got... I gave you yours, right? I don't know. Nah, whatever. Anyways, so... Um, but yeah, it, do yourself a favor. It's an amazing game. Uh, I played 44 hours of it, and I'm I'm willing to jump in uh, from the very beginning on a different platform, and that should tell you something. There you go. Now, for some ex- some uh, fun, silly news. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that there are probably a ton of people out there who love, loved a uh, very beloved TV series called The X-Files. The X-Files? Yes, The X-Files. What is The X-Files? The X-Files. You know, those, those cases in the FBI that were too crazy for anybody to handle, but they somehow fell into the laps of Agent Mulder and Scully. Oh, I thought they were like files about XXX. No. Triple X. No, it's not. Was it Ice-T? No. Not uh, Ice-T. Um, Ice Cube. No, not Ice Cube. Shit. It is Ice... No. no. Shit. Who is it? It's that dude. Well, first it was Vin Diesel. Yeah, it was Vin Diesel. Then it was... It went to that dude. Yes. I can picture in my head now. And now... Oh, my gosh. This is going to drive me nuts. someone. Help. Hold on. Uh, what is that guy's name? Um... I'm trying to find it. Huh? I'm trying to find it. I can't. Well, well, anyways, while Zelius is trying to find this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I know that many of us were sad to see the the series wrap up. And then, of course, we had that fun little, uh, I guess, like mini series that popped up to continue the story. Um, But I have some fantastic news for you X-File crazies out there. Robert Patrick? No, not Robert Patrick. No. No, 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 no. We're we're talking about uh, the Triple X State of the Union. I think is the name of the movie. Yeah, it's the guy who like took over, kind of, for one thing, for one show, and it was like terribly rated. On top of that, anyways. So, um, X Files. Uh, there, there is going to be a new X Files, uh, sort of. Uh, and by new, I mean there's going to be an animated comedy spinoff of the X Files, Ice Cube. Uh, and the comedy spinoff is going to be called The X-Files Albuquerque, which, of course, is being developed at Fox. Uh, Chris Carter, the original series creator, will help 
uh, as the executive producer, but he will not be the showrunner. Uh, the show is uh, is going to be centered around an office full of misfit agents who investigate X-File cases too wacky, ridiculous, or downright dopey for Mulder and Scully to bother with. Which, of course, immediately mm. when I hear that, I, some of you might know this, some may not, but there was a spinoff of X-Files called The Lone Gunman uh, that lasted just a little bit. It was basically this kind of like secret society bunch of nerds came together and they they helped uh molder on some cases and they they did a spinoff because everyone loved the characters but unfortunately that spinoff did not last very long um now i never watched any of them oh my god i know it's terrible i I, i'll be totally honest with you i jump i i would watch an episode here or there but then i took the plunge i think when it was I think it was the whole thing was on Netflix at some point, and I just I watched the whole thing, and then I watched the new parts. Um, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to uh, temper your expectations uh, because even if there is an Agent Mulder or Scully in animated form, it will not be. It probably will not be David Duchovny. It definitely won't be Gillian Anderson. Uh, she's she has gone on record and says she's already taken her final bow as Dana Scully. Ah. Uh. Um, but here, okay. So first of all, um, the series has, uh, a received script and a presentation commitment. Uh, that does not mean that there's, it's a full, um, series yet. So it's not a full season as of right now. Uh, but with it having the name X files, uh, you would think that it's probably not that far, uh, away from having at least a complete first season. Now, One more thing. here's the fun little twist late. Ladies and gentlemen, I, and this makes me giggle. You know how, uh, with the Avenger movies, how we were having such a weird ass, uh, experience when it came to Spider-Man because, um, oh shit. Uh, is it Fox or Sony? Who owns, who? It's Sony owns Spider-Man. Yeah, Sony owns Spider-Man. It's what it is. Uh, Fox owned X-Men. Um, and so, you know, you Marvel had given the rights over to Sony, and Sony's like, well, you're not going to play nice. We're not going to blah, blah, blah. Yep. Well, fun fact. Um, the X-File brand, uh, Fox uh, Network no longer owns that brand. Mm. It's owned so by Disney. Real, uh, wait, Disney owns something else? Yeah. Uh, Disney, uh, Fox will have to license... X Files through Disney. <laughs> I, I that makes me giggle a little bit. That's actually really funny. Uh, yeah, Disney they just own it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, if, since we're talking about um, uh, crowd favorites and cult classics such as X Files, uh, let's talk about the new upcoming Super Mario movie. There's another Super Mario movie that we're going to be in. We're going to star in it. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a CG uh, Super Mario movie. Um, it is currently set for theatrical release in 2022. Um, there are uh, there has been several confirmations that Shigeru Miyamoto is one of the lead collaborators on the project. For those out there, I don't. If there's anyone out there who doesn't know Miyamoto, uh, let me just give you a quick lesson. 
you think Nintendo and that's Miyamoto. Um, uh, Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong, and a shit ton of others. Oh, that's true. Sam goes, if theaters haven't all gone bankrupt by then. Yeah. I like my home theater here with my TV and my couch and my popcorn and my And no beer. loud babies or... No, nobody checking my cell phone next to me who I want to punch in the face. Or those teens who thought they were cool by, by sneaking in beer and the bottles keep smacking against the floor and then rolling all the way to the bottom. That was only me with the fish. But, you know... We were hungry, man. Yeah. But anyways, uh, one of the other awesome things about uh, this Super Mario movie is the fact that the founder of Illumination, uh, Chris Melodondri, is also going to be part of a lead role of this project. And you could thank him, Melodondri, for Minions. So, ah. I, that so actually, that is that, a that pretty makes, good That's yeah. kind of exciting. So, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to take this chance since we've got a little bit of time. Um we we talked recently about the the Avatar live action through uh, Netflix and how the showrunners have left uh, or the original showrunners have left over creative differences and stuff. We did. So, my question to all of you is: When you see a big project like this one, like the the uh, Avatar or the Super Mario movie, um, does seeing the creators' involvement increase your desire to see it? And then, what happens if though if that creator were to leave before the finished product is is complete. Honestly, I have no hype for any shows that basically come out anymore, unless it's like a Marvel movie. Um, really, I never kept track of like producers and directors and blah, 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 blah. It was basically a matter of my dad and I would go see the latest action flick at the theaters because uh, there's big explosions and stuff with no plot was always even better. And then at home, it's just, I watch shows that I recognize the name of. Uh, I have no idea who directs movies or anything. Like other than like, um, Bayheim, like Mr. Bay Explosion, or like Tarantino movies. Other than those, like I don't know who directs anything or produces them. I just see if they look interesting. So as far as who is or is not involved with shows, it really doesn't affect me one way or the other because it's not going to sway whether or not I'm going to watch it one way or the other. So Ando uh, from the chat has said, I care more about individual quality of movie over who directs it. Even bad directors can squeak out a win. And even good directors have hot garbage in the resume. And yeah. I agree. I, I think that when I see some sort of involvement from the creator of a product being, you know... Um, being part a lead role or you know an integral uh, you know component to making this happen, it does. I don't know. It for better or for worse, it gives me a, a little bit of a more warm, fuzzy feeling that this might actually work out, uh, as opposed to you know we're gonna make a Super Mario movie and then you know Nintendo's like cool and then you get that awesome movie that came out in the '90s that literally was. They had a couple of Mario references, and to be honest with you, from my understanding, the the director and the, the screenwriter didn't want to make a Mario movie. They just threw in Mario a couple of Mario references just to get it done, so they would hmm. get the money. I remember seeing it actually. Well, it's, That's it's, it's, it's like um, if you see a project that has. Um, 
uh, why do I keep who's who's the uh, Icewind Dale trilogy guy? Um, um, Chris T. Yeah. Is the who, who's, who's the author? Which means it's R. A. Salvatore. If if you see that there's like a big TV show, uh, something set in that world, and he's a part of it, does that not make you a little bit more excited about checking it out? In that case, I probably would be because it's also probably pertaining to a particular genre of life, meaning like the fantasy genre that I'm interested in. Right. Because like how many television shows are there on the big screen that have like elves and underworld and magic and stuff like that? They don't really exist. So something like that would totally pique my attention. Yes. Uh, Ando says, I saw the original Super Mario Brothers movie while I was still loopy on nitrous after a dental procedure. It was an interesting experience. Ando, I, to be totally honest with you, I don't know if you were still loopy or not because watching that movie, you feel loopy. Mm, interesting. Um, but that's, uh, that, uh, that's what it was really getting at Zelius was if I saw, you know, if, 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 Patrick Rothfuss hadn't burned himself out after two books, mm. and he was a part of something that was in that same vein, like a a, um, a video game or a TV show. I'd be like, "Oh shit, yes, I'm in." That being said, Salvatore um, was also an integral part to a the one big game and only game from Studio Thirty Eight, and that of course is Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, which he wrote all the damn stories, but that game went. But though the re reawakening is is now out, I think. We're going to reawaken the awakening. Re, 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 and then you'll be awoke. That, uh, you know, it just, you put, you snap uh, the, you know, RE on the front and then brand new game. So I have a question for you, sir. Yes, sir. So yesterday, mm -hmm. well, it was supposed to be today, but yesterday the PS5 launch launched. Um, unsuspecting to many people, myself included. Um, you have but multiple then, selves? What's that? You said myself, like you have multiple selves? Well, it's going to buy one for me and one for Rose so we can like uh, play together at the same time. Gotcha, gotcha. Because you can't um, hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you do a land party? <laughs> I can do a cat party. Oh. All right, keep going. Uh, and then now uh, you have the Xbox, obviously Xbox Series X or Xbox Series S coming out. Mm -hmm. Do you have any interest in new generation consoles or do you think for this next generation, at least to start with, will you remain a PC and for your uh, sake, obviously the switch player? Okay. So I'm not, I will not get either the, the consoles on launch day. Um, I will stick with PC and switch because there's, of course, PC is always going to continue to have new content and switch still has some amazing content that's still rolling out. Um, I, I want to see, I've jumped in on launch days so many times in the past that I kind of want to take a step back and allow for everyone else to experience, you know, things like the red ring of death and, <laughs> um, you know, weird wackadoo shit that happens w because they, you know, rush something. Uh, I, I think I'd be much more in the, the vein of going like the... If like on the PlayStation Three uh, release, waiting for like a PlayStation Three Slim, you know, not I'm not looking for, you know, the first round or maybe even the second round, but once I see what the the game catalog is and the how everything you know works, uh, do, does your ISP hold your nuts above your head or, mm. 
It's that's the thing. Look, we're we're in an age where the uh, our ISP is becoming a very integral part, a very obtrusive, uh, sometimes uh, asshole part of a gaming experience because you have to have it in order to play anything, even single player games, unless it's indie games, which is why I recommend playing indie games. Um, but yeah, I I, I want to see how everything works out. Um, I'm not going to jump in early. I've got the last one that I jumped in right off the bat was the Xbox one. Uh, I've got, I've actually got the controller that says launch day on it. Nice. Um, well, cause I was interested like in it primarily cause like the PS4 five will be able to play all the PS4 games. Mm-hmm. Well, 99% of them. Um, uh, so I was interested actually initially from a PS4 catalog, mm-hmm. And basically getting the, uh, obviously the disc version and go crazy with getting used games. Um, but then you also have the Xbox, both the Series X and the Series S, where one of their big selling points from Microsoft's perspective is you have A, the gamer pass thing, whatever it's called, with a huge plethora of games yep. and massive backwards compatibility with basically all their generations of Xboxes. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm just going to stick with my switch and my PC for now. I mean, I just, I, I look this weird ass pandemic. I don't even know <laughs> how long I've been in this. So I couldn't tell you how long I've had this PC, but this PC is doing really good right now. And I, I'm able to run everything the way I want to. So, and I fixed the only issue I had with the PC. So we're good to go. You mean it's working better than your old potato C? Remember the old one you had where like it kind of works sort of sometimes? Oh, you mean the Frankenstein? Yeah. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, for those out there who don't know, I had, uh, I literally made a, just like slammed a bunch of parts together and I called it the Frankenstein. If it worked, it was amazing. But, but most of the time, if it restarted, you had to do a soft restart to actually run the, the system. Otherwise it would freeze within five minutes. And then I had the other one, the one previous to the one I'm on right now, that just out of the blue decided to eat hard drives. Um, uh, Sam Grizzle says, after years of PC, your thumbs don't work. Mine don't anymore. Couldn't play console if I wanted. I did not consider that. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I I, um, I made either a really good decision or a really bad decision lately. Uh, my son has gotten himself back into Wii Tennis and I've decided that I need to brush up on my skills. And so I'm su- I'm suffering from a very strong case of not Wii bow, but Wii shoulder. Because apparently I'm, swing- like, I'm swinging like a motherfucker from my shoulder. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, sir. That brings back some memories. Mm-hmm. But, um, but... Look, all the wait, 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 Sam. You said years of of the PC, your thumbs don't work. Are you saying that you play you play games c- with controller on the PC? Because I don't know why your thumbs wouldn't work otherwise. Because Wazda, that's not a thumb. I mean, space or is like, are your thumbs so what, out of what exercise is, what and like is, decayed? Ooh. Ooh. From not use, we're like they're suffering through necrosis because yeah. they just neglect. That's you know, it's kind of like your muscles, man. Unless like you run, Atrophy. you lose that That's muscle. Right. Yeah, you got to keep your muscles going. I think it's a good reason to actually get a console. You can't lose that ability to use your hands. That'd be sad. You overstress them, and then you're you're toast, anyways. 
Mm. Or you just play too much Team Fortress 2 and you get Carpal Tunnel. Zelius. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem I run into is like, it's the button mash um, gamepad games. Like, yep. I was playing the other day on the Switch was Bayonetta. And you have to like button mash like crazy to do those combos. Mm-hmm. It like it makes my thumb sore. Kind of oh, at no. the same point because it's like ah, it hurts. Oh, believe me, I I definitely my my level of endurance when it comes to button mashing, um, uh, I my the base of my right thumb, uh, it screams. That's why I need like we need like an old person turbo button. Dude, I've still I, I've got my um. I still have my uh, Super Nintendo uh, uh, Turbo um, Ooh, rapid fire controller. We should mod it for the modern console. Oh dear God, no, <laughs> no. I also have my shit. Was that? Do I have a Game Shark or a Game Genie? I Ooh. think I have a Game Genie for the original NES. Yeah, man. That's that nice. Yeah. But anyways, um. So let me see if the, I don't think there's any other more stories we wanted to touch on. Um, I mean, there are some other things that are now not relevant because we've kind of passed that. But basically, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those out there who who are um, Rocket League players, uh, mid September, which is where we are, uh, there's going to be a massive gameplay redesign, and that brings in the free to play model. Uh, for those with a PlayStation or a Switch, you will not need your online subscription payment. Sadly, if you are on the Xbox, you will need Xbox Gold to play. So it mm. will not be completely free to play for you. Mm. But anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to uh, tell you that it, if you have any Elder Scrolls Six, any hope, hope for 2021? Mm. Maybe. I mean, I, People say ESO is basically Elder Scrolls Six. Fuck ESO. When that comes up, I'm not saying it is. It better not be, because if it is, then I'm going. I'm going to go to Bethesda and punch him in the face. Well, I'm a very to be fair, yo, you haven't played ESO basically since launch, and it's like a new game. I, I don't care. Do, look, first first impressions is everything with me. Okay, Zelius, get over yourself. Whatever. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Ando, for the fall follow. Um, so um. Shit, no, you de- derailed me. Thanks a lot, Zelius. I'm just doing my job. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we do this every single Thursday. It's a Thursday night hangout. Uh, if you do have any questions for us, seriously, just drop it in any of our social media stuff. It, it goes to me. I'll help you out. Uh, if you have not done so yet, I have... Oh, that's right. I have two things, two bits of news for you real quick. One, I wrote up a, uh, a piece about uh, episodic games. Uh, my thoughts on the different approaches that uh, developers have taken uh, and some thoughts on what to look uh, look into when you're looking at episodic games if you if, as a consumer what kind of research you should do uh, so you can check that on on our website www.alterconfusion.com uh, and also it's been uh, uploaded but it has not been published uh, some of you may have noticed that I've been playing a lot of a game called canarium over the past week or so it's a lovecraftian type uh adventure game um i have completed that game and i was recording the entire thing and um i have now edited into nine episodes and they are loaded to 
YouTube, but I haven't published them. So you can see the entire walkthrough within the next day or so. And then I'm going to be doing that on another game uh, upcoming as well. So just give you a heads up. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to take this time to thank you for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving you everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another amazing Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Thank you.